You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hi, folks. Be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Good morning, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. How you doing? Oh, I'm jealous. I know. I know. Well, you can come with us. Promise? Well, what sure. would you use me for, the anchor? <laughs> <laughs> well, not bait. <laughs> oh, thank you, Doc. You know, we've had some interesting stories the last couple of weeks about wagon trains and living in the Old West and what they ate and what they didn't eat, etc. But now we're going to talk about dental hygiene and the caring of their teeth. Did yes. they, the old pioneers, did they care about their teeth? teeth we you will know more in the next half hour (laughs) more than i want to know probably okay go ahead (laughs) well before we get going though i need to uh put a plug i actually did an interview last tuesday with a uh uh, some people called the Horse Radio Network dot com. Oh, have you ever heard of them? I have. And uh, anyway, they're uh, kind of the leading podcasters in the horse world. Yep. And I was interviewed by a Glenn and Helena on a, a, one of the podcasts called Stable Scoop. Oh, really? And that's just, an interesting name, Stable Scoop. Yeah. <laughs> and I just wanted to thank them for the opportunity to. Uh, be on their show for a little while. There, well, so. that's good. Anyway, that's good. where are they based out of? I can't remember. You know, it's back east because yeah. I know they were two hours ahead of me. And they're listening to our show. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, they do. Well, the stable scoop. Get out here and clean out my stables. <laughs> All right. So All here right. we go. All right. You, last week we talked about Indian health, Indian medicine. Yeah, and, they knew a lot more than we give them yes, credit for. Yes. And dentistry, maybe not so much. Uh, okay. okay. So here we go. Are you saying that there were a lot of Indians that were gumming it? <laughs> Not only Indians, oh. yeah, all of them. Okay. But, you know, in the Old West, it could be really rough uh, place without proper medical and dental care. And when dental problems did arise, both Indians and settlers were forced to address them in a number of uh, innovative ways. Innovative ways. And that's a good way to put it. Like a war club to the jaw? Well, that was one way. Oh, gee. But, you know, gum disease and tooth decay were dealt with in Indian country by several means. Now, one was the use of the medicine man, and he was called in to exercise the diseased, quote, diseased spirits 
from the afflicted party. I'm sure that was effective. Uh, observing one such ceremony in 1855 was the Reverend William Leach. And Leach? Leach. Bad name. He wrote about a Pawnee medicine man and who, quote, danced around the patient in a semicircle, rattling a gourd. He took a small stone knife and cut an X on Running Wolf's cheek. That was the Indian. Running Wolf. Running Wolf. Directly over the throbbing tooth. He sucked at the cut lightly. Oh! Pretended to draw out the thang. Oh! Then dashed it into the fire. And then he said, quote, The evil spirits cannot use it again. He said triumphantly. Can we talk about something else this morning? <laughs> this has got me cringing. Oh, we're, we're just getting started. Oh, thank you. So now in a more scientific vein, um, the Indians also employed various herbs, roots, uh, grasses, uh, which were sometimes heated and then placed on the offending tooth, much like a, like a, a poultice or a, a salve. Well, that doesn't sound so no. stupid, though. And, and, and like we've said, they, they probably forgot more things that we know about. Okay. So, now settlers, however, oh boy. they employed several avenues of dealing with their dental problems. Uh, many opted for the do-it-yourself method, seeking relief through the myriad of patent medicines that were religiously sold throughout the West. What did they do? Tie a string to a wagon wheel? Uh, well, it doesn't mention that here. Okay. <laughs> but a lot of the dental pa- uh, patent medicines contained acids, abrasive substances, alcohol, and or narcotics, well, such one as... one of them doesn't sound that bad. No. Uh, heroin, <laughs> cocaine, morphine. You oh. know, if you got a toothache... Oh, my. You know... Yeah, but it was a short-term fix, though. Well, you know, by that time, you didn't care. No. Okay. <laughs> so, now, one such product was Mrs. Winslow's Soothing Syrup. Oh, do you remember her? We went to school with their daughters. Remember that? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anyway, it was intended to quiet a fretful child during the teething process. I see. But it also contained generous levels of alcohol and morphine sulfate, which could cause coma, addiction, or death in an infant. Well, you're really making this sound good. Oh, yeah, well, you know, when you got a TV... Can you imagine their TV ad <laughs> and the disclaimer? <laughs> Don't do this at home. All right. So anyway, in addition to the often dangerous patent medicines... There was an array of dental quack devices, which were also used by settlers. One of the most popular products of the era was Dr. Scott's electric toothbrush. Now, you thought that now, was... Wait just, a minute. You uh, electric? Thought, yeah, you thought that was just in the modern day, didn't you? Yeah. Okay, well, here's Dr. Scott's electric toothbrush. What would they hook it up to? I don't know. But its special handle, okay, special handle was supposedly charged with an electromagnetic current which acts immediately upon the nerves and tissues of the teeth and gums, arresting decay and restoring the natural whiteness of the enamel. Now, of course, Dr. Scott's contraption, of course, was an outright fraud, uh, bearing absolutely no resemblance to today's electric toothbrushes. Uh, you got my face all messed up. It's cringing in pain. <laughs> oh, we're still going to. Oh, yeah. Now, extraction. Okay. Pulling. Oh, no. Here we go. That was the mainstay of the Old West dental treatment, and offending teeth were pulled by anyone who could reasonably handle a pair of tongs. The list included barbers, blacksmiths, druggists, physicians, and at least one famous author, Jack London. Wasn't the barbershop known for being a dentist shop originally? Uh, well, a, I, actually in Europe, I think it was actually even uh, surgeries. Really? Yeah. Wow. So, 
But, you know, there's a number of modern dental practices that did emerge in the Old West as a result of advancing technology. If one were fortunate enough to find such a practice, it probably would have featured the following. Okay, now picture this. I don't want to picture this. No, this is good. This oh, is okay. Okay. Right. okay, so you walk into a dentist's office in the old days, and if you were lucky, he would have a reclining chair. Uh-huh. He would have an array of dental instruments or tools. Okay. A self-cleaning spittoon. Self-cleaning. So water The water is going around yeah, in circles. Yeah. Yeah. A foot treadle or electric power drill. You know, they used to have a, you know, like a treadle sewing machine. You said drill, though. Yeah. So they treadle, move it, and that spins the drill. What if he stops treadling? <laughs> the drill stops. <laughs> and then they had uh, uh, an anesthetic, anesthetic, which was nitrous oxide. I thought you were going to say it was a Louisville slugger. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> so now let's talk about some famous people. In dentistry, okay, and who's the first one you think of? Uh, Doc Holliday. Exactly. Or no, yeah, Doc yeah, Holliday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, famed gunfighter John Henry Doc Holliday, eighteen fifty-one to eighteen eighty-seven, came out of Georgia. Okay, yeah. yeah. Anyway, he was undoubtedly the Old West's most famous dentist. Uh, he was, in fact, a trained professional dentist. That's right. Earning his degree in 1872 from Pennsylvania College yep. of Dental Surgery. But he, li- he was born and raised, I believe, in Georgia. Okay. I think. Yeah. But one of Holiday's greatest accomplishments took place during his first year of dental school. Oh, boy. Here he actually made a gold crown for a six-year-old girl, which reportedly lasted until 1967, when the patient died at age 102. Really? Now, can you imagine that? A, a filling or a gold crown that lasted for, what, 98 years, 96? Wow. And also during that first year, the young holiday performed 38 tooth extractions, 32 fillings. And following graduation, Doc Holliday moved to Dallas, Texas, and he opened his uh, his own dental practice at a place called 56 Elm Street. And by most accounts, Holliday proved to be a highly skilled Thoroughly, uh, you know, largely uh, a successful dentist uh, for a little while. He, then he took to gambling and yeah. gunfighting. Yeah. 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 I mean, he, he developed tuberculosis, yep. alcohol, gambling. He died at age 36. Yeah, he was a young man. Yeah, 36, yeah. buried in uh, Glenwood Springs, Colorado. Yeah. Now, this is one you're going to enjoy, Zeb. I bet. Clay Allison. Oh, yeah. You've heard of Clay. I have. Now, Old West dentistry could be dangerous, you know, for the, both the patient and the practitioner. Uh-oh. In Wyoming Territory in 1886, notorious gunfighter Clay Allison uh, kind of uh, was a little mad that a dentist had mistakenly extracted the wrong tooth. Wait a minute. Uh, the wrong tooth? The wrong tooth. Okay. So picture this. I don't want uh, to. Allison returned to the scene of the, quote, crime. Here, the crazy Allison grabbed a pair of forceps and proceeded to pull out one of the doctor's own teeth. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now, Allison was prevented only from doing further damage by some people that were passing by and uh, heard the dentist yelling for help. Well, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, especially if Clay Allison's guy. That's, he pulled out the he pulled out one of the dentist's good teeth. teeth. Yeah. So you know you didn't want to make the wrong person mad yeah. if you were a dentist or a doctor or any of those guys. Wow. So now let's talk about George Washington. Okay. Oh, we're going to go way back. We're going to go way back. Oh. And you know 
it's historically correct that he suffered from problems with his teeth throughout his life. He had bad breath. <laughs> he didn't have any teeth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he lost his first adult tooth when he was 22, and he had only one left by the time he became president. And John Adams claims he lost them because he used to crack Brazil nuts with his teeth. They call him old Snaggle. I guess. <laughs> One, two. But, you know, modern historians suggest that there was some stuff called mercury oxide, Ooh. which was given to treat illnesses like smallpox yeah. and malaria. Yeah. And probably they think that contributed to the loss of his teeth. Lost all of his teeth. Yeah. But he had several sets of false teeth made. Wouldn't it have been interesting to hear his State of the Union message? <laughs> he, <laughs> he, wouldn't, he wouldn't be, uh, uh, yeah, he wouldn't be laughing a lot. Right. So he had several sets of uh, false teeth made, four of them by a dentist named John Greenwood. Yeah. Now, contrary to popular belief, none of the sets were made from wood. I thought they were. Yeah, and that's been a common misconception. Really? They were not made So you are clearing the record I this morning. I am clearing up the record. George Washington had no wooden teeth. Well, what did they make them of? I'm going to tell you. I thought you never would. <laughs> the set made when he became president was actually carved from hippopotamus and elephant ivory. Okay, held together with gold springs. Now, gold what it springs. looked like, I have not a clue. Now, the hippo ivory was used for the plate into which human teeth, quite possibly from slaves, and bits of horses and donkeys' teeth were inserted. Okay, are you with me? I don't <laughs> Unfortunately. know if I want to be. I, I, I know my furrow in my brow is just to the point where, okay. what in the world are you talking okay, about? Okay, but, but consider this. Uh, dental problems left Washington in constant pain. Can you imagine? Yeah, and he took laudanum, which was a painkiller back yeah, then. Yeah. And this distress may be apparent in a lot of the portraits painted while he was still in office. He kind of held he, his jaw real well, stiff. Just look at a $1 bill. You know, that's where he... he You've you know. got all the money. You're going on vacation, not me. <laughs> How do, all those $1 bills are going to be gone. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, well, you got a picture there for me? No, no, oh. but I'm going to go back uh, even a little farther than the, the old George West. Washington? Yeah, yeah, we are. Okay. So, now let's say you lived back in the Middle Ages. Okay. <laughs> you and that, that was when the barber, as we mentioned, was also a surgeon. And they performed bloodletting to fix a toothache. Now, you, you recall bloodletting was even up into the 1800s. They would bleed horses, pigs, cows, people, as because they thought that the... So they'd go to town and they'd say, I got a toothache, but then they'd cut them open and, and bleed. let them bleed. Yeah, and oh, yeah, which yeah. obviously was the wrong thing to do. Well, obviously. So, but, you know, and humans have always experienced dental problems, uh, and the modern dentistry dates back to what I was just saying in the mid-1800s. Now, let's go back a little farther. Oh, sure. <laughs> Okay, i got to have a drink. Yeah, well, I'm going to need one after this program. <laughs> well, okay, so the ancient Greeks, Romans, and Egyptians, they all used various toothache remedies, including extractions. And uh, many of the ancient civilizations believed that toothaches were caused by a, quote, tooth worm twisting inside the tooth. Oh. Okay, now to get rid of both the worm and the ache, a delicious concoction of, are you ready for this? No. <laughs> Here it comes. Boiled spiders, eggs, and oil were applied to the tooth, and it almost makes Novocaine sound appealing, doesn't it? <laughs> that was just one. 
Okay, we're going to go a little further, Zeb. Here we go. Uh, Why am I subjecting myself to this? I don't this? know. You asked for it. You know how afraid of dentists uh, oh, I am. I, me too. Okay, so the ancient Greeks, they prized white teeth, especially among men. So to get a bright smile, they used pumice, okay, yeah. talcum, emery, granulated alabaster, which I'm not sure what that is, powdered coral, and iron rust on their teeth. How did to make they them figure out to use that stuff? <laughs> I'm wondering, who's the first guy that said, hey, I'm going to try this stuff? Yeah, I'm going to try some powdered rust. Martha, go get my powdered (laughs) rust. So now the Greek physician Hippocrates, he gave his patients a concoction made, okay, here we go, three mice and a burned rabbit's head to brush your teeth with. (laughs) Oh, let's just keep going, Zeb. Ancient Rome, where they cleaned their teeth with powders made from ground antlers, hooves, crabs, eggshells, and lizard livers. <laughs> are you okay, Zeb? We're going to keep going, whether you are or not, right? Okay. For once, I have nothing to say. I noticed that. Okay, we're going to go to China now. Oh, okay. I can't wait. Okay. Land the plane. Yeah. An ancient Chinese cure favored garlic as a toothache remedy. Okay. Okay. Mixed with horseradish and human milk, which were then made into a paste. Then the paste was rolled into pills and stuck up the patient's nostrils on the side opposite the toothache. <laughs> oh, you're loving this, I can tell. Well, let's I want to keep... issue an apology to all my sponsors that are food-related coming into lunch. <laughs> we're not done with the Chinese. Okay. okay, the Chinese were onto something. There is evidence of acupuncture treatment in China. Oh, yeah. And we know that, you know, that has a place. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, to combat the pain of toothaches sure. as, as early as 2700 B.C. Yep. Now, by A.D. 659, the Chinese were actually filling cavities with a mixture of silver, tin, and mercury, which is really similar to what uh, has been used in Western dentistry. Yeah. So they were on to something. Oh, like, they were really high rollers. Yeah. Now, let's go back to Rome. Okay. okay. The Roman physician Pliny the Elder. Who? Pliny the Elder. Oh, Surely he, you know of Pliny the Oh, yeah. The, he, he was listening <laughs> while Rome fiddled, and Nero, <laughs> or Nero fiddled and Rome burned. Yeah. Okay. Just, okay, here we go. You better stick to the Old West. Yeah. <laughs> so... To stop a toothache, bite on a piece of wood from a tree struck by lightning. Well, what if you can't find one? Well, too bad. Touch the tooth with the frontal bone of a lizard taken during the full moon. He also suggested that his patients find a frog by the light of the full moon, spit into its mouth, and say, quote, Frog, go and take my toothache with thee. You know, Dr. History, I know you don't drink, but what were you doing last night when you found all this stuff? Oh, I was just chuckling. Oh. I knew how much you'd love this. I'm going back to that paste made out of the three mice. you got to be kidding me. Oh, man. Okay, so let's let's go a little earlier. Oh, okay. yeah, I can't wait. So the colonists, you know, they turned to other teeth specialists or even friends and neighbors if they had a toothache. Uh, silversmith and revolutionary Paul Revere. Oh, yeah, good old Paul. In fact, he was an amateur dentist, uh, and a lot of colonists visited him. One if uh, by land, two if by sea. <laughs> right. And Revere did fillings and cleanings and made bridges and actually made false teeth. So, you know, he, he was okay. Not bad. Uh-huh. But now let's go. We're just going all over the world here. We're going to go to the Mayans now in Mexico. Uh, can't wait. Okay. Yeah. Now, they decorated their teeth with inlays of precious metals and gems. They actually... So... How did they stick them to their teeth? I don't know. They must have some kind of super glue. 
But the Chinese, now Chinese women during the second and third centuries dyed their teeth pure black with a mixture of natural chemicals. Oh, how'd you like to meet that on a blind date? <laughs> yeah, yeah, smile. Oh, my know? goodness. So, anyway, you know, there was a, a group of people called the tooth drawers. Okay, they weren't called dentists, they were called tooth drawers. I'm glad this program's almost <laughs> over. We're almost done, Zip. Now, they roamed from town to town throughout the 18th century in Europe and America, and on entering a new town, they would gather a crowd and brag about their pain-free work. They would pick a volunteer from the audience. The tooth drawer would open the person's mouth, and in a matter of seconds, pull out a bloodied tooth. The volunteer swore there was no pain. Uh-huh. Uh, of course, the volunteer was a shill, was the tooth drawer's yeah, partner. Yeah. And the already extracted tooth covered in animal blood had been hidden in the tooth drawer's hand all along. So after the crowd saw how gentle the tooth drawer supposedly was, he had some real customers who writhed in agony as the tooth drawer yanked and jerked, sometimes breaking the victim's jaw or worse. (laughs) But the crowd didn't hear the cries of the real patients because the tooth drawers were accompanied by noisy musicians. Uh, Once the actual procedure began, so the patient's cries were drowned out by these musicians, and the tooth drawers immediately left town before infection could set in on their unfortunate... People. And that's how the Beatles got their start. I, <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but <laughs> oh man! Oh my gosh! That really, it, honestly, my hands are sweating. <laughs> where did you find all that stuff? Well, I'll show you in a minute. Do you want to hear just a little bit more? Do you, you, have, got, you much... got you got two minutes? Okay. Uh, I can't wait for the two minutes okay. to be up. The Greeks probably used opium as a painkiller. Uh, the Romans applied pickled root of chrysanthemum to gums to deaden pain and this had a side effect of destroying and loosening the membrane and the fibers holding the teeth in place so you lost the tooth but you were trying that you were trying to fix now another popular painkiller potion in roman times combined opium celandine which is a something from poppies and saffron uh i mean they just now here's another one i'm going to finish up with this one i hope so uh there was a painkiller method. It was applying pressure to the carotid arteries in the neck, which would slow blood flow and put a person unconscious. It'll kill you. And this deadly painkiller often led to permanent unconsciousness. Now, Zeb, I'm going to show you this book because I know you're going to want to get it. Uh huh. It's called Uncle John's <laughs> <laughs> Uncle John's Bathroom Reader Plunges into History Again. And that's where you got all this dental no, wisdom. I, I got some of it from the Internet, too. Oh. So, you know, I can't tell you how much I really didn't appreciate this program. <laughs> hey, I, you asked for it. I know. You got yeah, it. I don't want it, man. I tell you what, I was cringing. Every, three mice? Oh, gosh. That was disgusting. But did you ever see that show with Tom Hanks where he was... Uh, yeah, uh, and he, uh, marooned on the island. Yeah, and he yeah. knocked out his own tooth with oh, an ice skate. I know, oh, I know, I know. And anybody that's ever had a toothache, you know... One of the most miserable things. What do you do, you know? You have totally destroyed a very attentive audience. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I should have had a, what do you call it, a a precursor or or a... A A disclaimer? Yeah, disclaimer. That's what I should I'll give you one next time. With a weak stomach, don't listen. Oh, my gosh. Hey, real quick, you're going to be gone next week. Yes. You're going to be fishing. 
yeah, for, lucky dog for a couple of days. And we're going to have a guy on that's going to be talking about the Buntline Special, Wyatt Earp's gun, supposedly, right? And uh, the development of the Buntline and other guns. His name is Sam Walker, and he is from uh, Sam, Reno. Samuel Colt. Walker. Samuel Colt Walker, yeah, so he knows a little bit about the gun manufacturing. Yeah. And he's from Reno, Nevada. I believe, yeah. yes, I believe that's right. And we're going to have him on the air in place of you next week. And I can bet a $1,000 he's not going to talk about three <laughs> dead mice for dental hygiene. You never know. Oh, you might throw something in goodness. there. Get out of here today. That's the first time I've ever told you that. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> well, Honestly, we got through that. Have a good time fishing. I will. And be sure and take pictures so I can realize the truth of the big one that got away. Yeah, I may have to go into a grocery store to get a good picture. Okay. <laughs> Doctor History. Woo, that just made me cringe this morning with all of his dental hygiene. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.